Welcome back to the Two Man Wall Podcast. This is Match Week 37. I am Braden. I am here with my co-host, Ethan. How's it going? And we are nearing the end. A champion has officially been crowned. Um, still a lot to play for on the final day. A couple match, uh, actually, a couple Game 37s left to play in the midweek. Mm-hmm. And then, eventually, um, Championship Sunday coming up next week. Always a fun day. A little bit more fun when there's a title to play for, but still a lot of fun. Should I, I believe, Judd, depending on what happens at the midweek, we might have a top four to settle on, on the final day. We'll certainly have a uh, relegation spot, maybe two of them, to decide on the final day. But before we get into that, let's take a look around the other top five leagues. And of the other four, there's really only one that is still in the balance and it is being choked up a hairball right now by the favorites, Bayern Munich. Ethan, take us through this Bundesliga title race right now. Yeah, so I think other than the Bundesliga, the French league is the only one that's not confirmed. Yeah, but PSG well, are gonna. They have a six point lead there. I yeah, think. it's confirmed on day one, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, this could be a changing of the guard in terms of farmers leagues, with Man City, of course, winning their <laughs> fifth Premier League of the last six seasons. Now, Bundesliga, uh, Bayern, of course, having won the last 10 titles in a row, but that is in serious jeopardy now because they lost 3-1 against third-place Leipzig last weekend while Dortmund took advantage and beat Augsburg 3-0 to take the lead going into the final day. They play at home to Mainz. And if they went to simple win and you win the title, their first one since 2012. So, yeah, it could be a really, really big day for, I think, all, just all European soccer yeah. fans who just want to see Bayern not win the title. It's, it's really interesting because when you look around the other leagues, like City, obviously... You, whether Arsenal choked it or not, that's up for you to decide. But City had a pretty fantastic season. They won the title. Barcelona conceding like nine goals in 30 games. Like they had a pretty unbelievable season as well. Napoli obviously torching Syria and then PSG, you know, being PSG. But would you, if, if Dortmund were to win this league, it's not like Dortmund had this like fairy tale season. It's kind of just like they hung around just long enough to stay in it. And then in the last couple of weeks, they did their job and their opponents didn't. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere, and it really came from after the World Cup break because they had a phenomenal start to 2023, and it's kind of a combination of that where they won. I think they won their first, like, 10 games in all competitions yeah. uh, at the beginning of this calendar year, and then combination of that and Byron season just completely hitting the fan. Yeah. Uh, after the firing of Julian Nagelsmann, which is, if they don't win the title... They're going to look back on that and seriously consider yeah. you know, what was going on in their heads. Because, of course, they got you know, demolished in the next round of the Champions League by Man City. Then they went out of the uh, German Cup competition, the DFB Pokal. Mm. So that's looking to be a really, really poor decision on yeah. Bayern's part if they don't manage to win the title this season. Which, of course, every year is the standard for them. Sure. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. And really, the only title uh, up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, three of them are 
I, I is is Pishing not decided yet? I guess it's still. I think they. Not. I think mathematically. Not mathematically. Okay. But. Well, three of them are mathematically decided, and yeah, obviously this one. That is. That would be a. Just completely lost season for Bayern Munich. I don't. I, did they win the Pogel? You said. No, I got knocked out. So they a trophy of the season. It would be. Yeah. That's. I, you go probably back to like the eighties. Last time Bayern had a, a trophyless season. Well, unless they won like the uh, like the Super Cup, yeah, or something like that. I I can't remember if they um, did, but but still, that that's a crazy like. I'm sure, you know, Oliver Kahn. I think is like the uh, like head of football operations there. He yeah, he probably has, going he has to some sort of higher up role. Probably going to have some crazy cleaning house to do this this summer if it really mm. went to shit like this. I mean. They probably stick with Tuchel just because they, yeah. they, you know, a lot of the front office there, you know, staked their reputations because, you know, Nagelsmann was he doing great. No, but he certainly served to get fired. And he, he, the quick trigger was because Tuchel was on the market and they wanted to na- snap him up before Spurs or Chelsea got to him because yeah. those Conte and Potter happened around the same time. Um, so... Yeah, that that is if they and it's looking very likely that they will lose mm-hmm. this league, that could be a serious point of you know inflection for this Bayern team. But they seem to figure it out more often than not, and they'll probably be back stronger next year. Yeah, um, they still have a ridiculous amount of talent, young talent, old talent, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, losing Lewandowski doesn't help, but um, you know. They also had like some turmoil with the whole Mane thing, like yeah. a lot of stuff that maybe was out of their control. That I don't know. I don't follow the Bundesliga as closely as maybe it deserves to be followed, but I, I, th- I think that Bayern, you know, they'll always rebound. I you can always have faith in Bayern Munich of all teams, maybe yeah. not of clubs mm-hmm. like PSG, but definitely Bayern Munich. Can't count them out. Yeah, I mean. Won the last ten titles. There's no guarantee that Dortmund doesn't choke up a hairball yeah, yeah. here. And Dortmund's team isn't like you know they've had better over the last five years. This is definitely not one of their better teams. Like they don't have Sancho. Yeah, like, I no Aubameyang. Like I I looked um after Dortmund's win this weekend. I don't think they have a scorer in double digits. Yeah, their well, top Holler. scorer is Daniel Malin with nine goals. Really, Holler doesn't have. Well, he, I guess he came back from the the cancer mm-hmm. treatment. So you're yeah, really they have a bunch games. of players on like nine goals, eight goals. Wow! Like they have like Brandt, Bellingham, uh-huh. like Holler. They're on on like eight yeah. goals. They got like Gio Reyna on seven. Yeah, yeah, like all these everybody you know contributing, but they don't have like you said they don't have any like real like yeah, you know, star yeah, yeah. power right now. Really weird. And of, like of all the play, like the teams they had, like the Dembele's and the Royce. Has Royce even played? I'm sure he's been injured. It can only, it can, yeah. One thing: you can death taxes and Marco Royce yeah. missing twenty games a season. Um. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, it just would be a pretty spectacular achievement, and one they, I don't know, even come match week 30, you probably didn't expect, you know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of just had to fall into their lap, and it did. They did their job, but, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of just fell into their lap. Anyways, let's move on to some Premier League content, starting off with what is likely going to be the last Worst Team Wins update, Ethan why don't you hit us with that? Oh, I'll introduce the, maybe the last time I'll introduce this before we do it next season. If you are unfamiliar with the Worst Team Wins competition, it is a competition between me and Ethan, season-long competition, ending, I guess, today, um, that features me and Ethan before the season drafting teams snake draft style of FPL players, 80 million worth of players in your starting 11 of fantasy, but instead of trying to get the most amount of points throughout the course of the season, you're trying to get the least amount of points throughout the course of the season, and Ethan's going to hit us with, sadly, 
the last update. Uh, barring an absolute miraculous performance from both your team and my team, I think that we can call this one quits. Yeah. Um, I think I have to break some sort of FPL <laughs> record in order to lose this one. Uh, but it was a good week for you. Um, Brayden's team, Jesus died for our top bins, had 14 points, a very nice number. Yeah. And my team, Garnacho Cheese, had 42 points, which is not the type of uh, numbers you want to be putting up every given week. Luckily, those were more outliers for me this right. season. So that brought my season total to 1,143 <laughs> points and Brayden's team on 1,261 an insurmountable lead. Uh, yeah, 120, 119, 118 points deficit. You would have to put up 119 points more than me next week. Uh, yeah, I would say 119 points in a fantasy week is difficult if you're trying to do well. Certainly mm-hmm. difficult if you're not. Um, I'd be interested to see what the average, like, uh, a person trying for with 100 uh you know, 100 fantasy dollars mm. trying to get the most amount of points. I'd be interested to see how much they accumulated and if how that compares to how we did, yeah. you know, trying to do the opposite. Whether we accidentally did better or did very worse, like much worse. I'd, I'd be interested to see. Maybe we can find some stats come championship Sunday. But maybe we'll, we'll maybe work down this in the next podcast because I'd be interested to see how we yeah. did compared to like the average like FPL mm-hmm. user that was like trying to do well. Uh, but yeah, this one, I think this one goes in the L column for me. Um, I, like I said in many previous podcasts, it was after the first 15 match weeks, it was clear that uh, my team was drafted. You know, I made some critical errors. In there. Yeah. And I think ones that we can learn from uh, maybe come if we do it next year. But yeah, I, there were some critical errors in there. And this is definitely not one that I, I couldn't say I didn't see coming, you know? Yeah. And with that, we'll move on to some Match Week 37 coverage. And how we're going to do the Match Week 37 coverage is actually previewing the Match Week 38 coverage. So the champion, we're going to go game by game on for Championship Sunday. And we'll throw in the, the midweeks in there too because we do have some Match Week 37 games left technically. Um, so we're going to go game by game on Match Week 38 and see what's at stake for both those teams based on what happened in Match Week 37. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. Let's start off with the two midweek games. We have Brighton versus City and United versus Chelsea. For both Brighton and City, it seems like they're kind of locked in. City obviously having won the title. And uh, Brighton having clinched Europa League. And I guess having, I think they were knocked out of Champions League contention. Yeah, they're not in um, Champions League So they're pretty much locked into Europa League. City having absolutely nothing to play for. Um, this game, especially at the Amex, could be very interesting. You know, Brighton could easily take three points here. I mean, not easily. Yeah. So the city's B team just, you know, uprooted Chelsea's, like, A team, um, if you could call it that. Uh, so, yeah, Brighton will be going against the Alvarez's and the Foden's and the Calvin Phillips's, but I'm sure they'll throw their A team out there, and it should be a good game. I mean, there's not really too much to say about this one. No, there's not too much to say in terms of, you know, what it means. But, no, it definitely could be a good game. These are two teams who play a very attractive style yeah. of soccer. I mean, Brighton, besides, um, obviously, Man City and Arsenal, Brighton play probably the most attractive brand of soccer yeah. in the Premier League this season, in my opinion. They play fantastic possession soccer. Now, I have said that trying to play 
um, you know, Guardiola ball against Guardiola does not work very often because you try to be in his own game. Yeah. It's really going to work. But you hope that, you know, they put on a good showing at the Amex. Yeah. And again, with Man City playing basically for fun, going to be rotating their main squad, it should be hopefully a competitive game yeah. and a good one to watch. Hopefully City are a little drunk off the champagne yeah. rolling into <laughs> this one. Who knows? Um, they do have couple finals coming up so they i can't it doesn't really make sense i mean holland is true you know on the verge of greatness he's already broken Mm -hmm. all the records but like you 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 would want him to kind of get that 38 games to kind of see what he can do and finalize that record Mm -hmm. it's a shame for the record that they didn't have a team that kept it close for 38 games so he could go 38 games and we could like you know, for will forever be comparing like oh like if somebody comes in and scores a certain amount of goals I don't know if they will yeah but if they do you'll be saying like oh but Holland did it in thirty five games because he didn't play the last three or whatever um so for history's sake I'd like to see Holland play but it really makes absolutely no sense to to have him on the field yeah. same thing with De Bruyne and Diaz mm-hmm. and even Ederson um so yeah I'd like to see Holland but I, I, again from a coaching standpoint it really doesn't make sense to play him. Moving on to United versus Chelsea. Uh, United needing just one point to clinch UCL football. And now they're playing Chelsea at home. So that shouldn't yeah. really be a problem. Um, Chelsea being the charity case of the Premier League this season uh, are not likely to put up too much of a fight against United. However, it's going to click at some point. So who knows? You know, I've said who knows for the last 20 weeks for Chelsea, but... You know, I still don't know. So, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I have no confidence in Chelsea <laughs> here. Not not that I, like, really want Chelsea to win. Like, obviously, Man United are almost in all likely going to finish top four. Um, United have only lost once at home this season. Yeah, at home, too. So, yeah. yeah, it's very unlikely that they don't get any points from this one. So, they should clinch it before the weekend. Against which means, just a hapless Chelsea team. Yeah, which means that Liverpool would then get Europa League mm-hmm. soccer. So um, when you look at these final day fixtures that we'll get into in just a second, uh, when you get to Liverpool, it's important to point out that they're, what they're playing for in the final day is very contingent on this United-Chelsea game yeah. at the midweek. So with that, we will officially get into this these final day previews, starting off with the big one. Arsenal versus Wolves. Uh, the ticket that was the most expensive of all the final day games, turns out you can pick one up on the street for yeah. probably like 50 quid. Uh, I hope somebody sold high on this yeah. in, in February. Yeah. Uh, after maybe Leeds or Palace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but after that... At halftime just, or yeah. at the 30-minute mark at the Anfield. Limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there's anyone out there that did that, you probably made bang for your buck. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Um, so this one means nothing to no one. To everyone, I should say. <laughs> means nothing to anyone. Arsenal locked into the two. Wolves. Couldn't uh, check right now, but I, I don't know how far they can move up or down. Yeah, they... If West Ham win, they'll drop down to 14th. If Bournemouth win and West Ham win, mm-hmm. they'll drop down to 15th. But for a club like Wolves who are aiming for the top half of the table and are not going to get it, it's probably all the same to them. Uh, however, if Chelsea lose their last two games and Wolves end up going to the Emirates and winning, which is not impossible nowadays, especially with a demoralized 21-year-old team, 
Uh, Wolves can then drop up, pop up to 12th and send Chelsea down to 13th, mm-hmm. which is, you know. So we're playing for the banter. We're playing for banter. <laughs> and that's just about all that's on the line in this game. <laughs> yep. So, um, honestly, from an, from an Arsenal fan perspective, sure. Well, might as well lose and send yeah. Chelsea down to, <laughs> down to uh, small, the 13th. Small price to pay. Yeah, okay. Like, who cares? At this point, the point... What's the difference between 81 points in second and 84 points in second? I mean, nothing to me, obviously. I'm, I i do not even know I'm going to watch. I might watch the other ones. I'm, uh, I mean, I might watch Leicester-West Ham, because that's probably yeah. the game with the most implications. Uh, moving on to Aston Villa versus Brighton. Villa playing for uh, Conference League, I believe. Yes. Um, they're going to need at least a... If they win, they guarantee Conference League. Um, if they win... To, to break it, make it more simple, if they equal Tottenham's result. Yeah, if they equal Tottenham's result. Tottenham would need help from... Excuse me. Tottenham need help from Aston Villa, from Brighton in, in, this, in this game who are also not playing for anything, so that could be dicey for Spurs. Um, but Villa, the uh, objective is clear. They are playing for something. Of the 20 teams in the league, they are the few that are actually playing for something, so uh, should expect a decent Villa performance from a side that is on good form. Yeah, no, this is this would be a fantastic achievement for Villa, mm-hmm. considering where they've come from yeah, this Gerard season. Gerard dug a hole for this Yeah. Team. Um, so Emery has completely turned around this team and we'll, we'll talk more about big picture in the season as a whole, obviously next week when we mm-hmm. wrap up the season. Yep. Um, but right now in the short term, uh, this is obviously not going to be an easy game for Villa, no. uh, at no. home against a very good Brighton team. So they're definitely going to have to be at their best, but at Villa Park should be a very good atmosphere and They've been some really good sides this year. Just recently, they destroyed Newcastle at home, yeah. I think, at Villa Park. So they've definitely shown that they can beat anyone who um, comes to Birmingham. So, yeah, that, that should be a good game. Again, two teams um, who have been fun to watch this season as they you know, push the big six for you know, European places. So, yeah, should be a good one. I'm sure Tom Hanks will be in the house for yeah. this one. Um, <laughs> given he's not on the set anywhere. But, um, yeah, again, Brighton, like I said, at the midweek, really not too much to play for besides pride and maybe a, a place. Maybe I think if they, they win both their games and Liverpool lose both their games, they hop them and go into fifth. But, again, mm-hmm. I, I don't know actually if sixth is, like, Europa, Europa League, like, qualification. No, sixth is Europa League. It, it's all the same. Yeah. Okay, because so it has to because that has to do with um mm-hmm. like the FA Cup winner, yeah. and since the FA Cup winner is going to be a UCL um yeah, so in all likelihood yeah. yeah um so yeah <clears throat> so moving on to our third game, uh, Brentford hosting Manchester City, Brentford playing for. I mean, they technically, if they win their game. They would put them on 59. Villa lose and Tottenham lose. They just both... drop points, yeah. actually. Because uh, Brentford have goal difference. They would, yeah. So. Um, so if Villa draw or lose and Spurs draw or lose, if they both don't do their job mm-hmm. and Brentford do their job at home against City, you know, a, a City team that's going to not be playing their starters, but still yeah. a City team um, that's going to be difficult to beat, uh, they all of a sudden hop the conference league. 
and that would be one heck of a season for Brentford. Um, so they are going to be playing their starters. Obviously, no Ivan Tony, who mm-hmm. has officially been banned for eight months, I believe mm-hmm. it was, which draws us into like January, February, even like yeah. that is that is a pretty hefty suspension for one of their better players, mm-hmm. and will be taken into account when we do our Premier League predictions next year, given that they don't sign another big name striker. Yeah. Um, but they won't have him. Uh, Dan seems to be a problem this week. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They, uh, they won't have him this week, uh, on Sunday. So if they can do the job against city and get into the conference league, I guess they'll deserve it at doing it against the city team. So definitely something to play for, for Brentford. Absolutely nothing to play for, for city. So that could be an interesting game. Yeah, it's not inconceivable to think that Brentford could get a result from this game. They've proven last week that they don't need Tony mm-hmm. to uh, get a result. They played, I think they played um, young Lisa up top, yeah. who has a very similar, obviously isn't as good as Ivan Tony, but similar, you know, build style of play. Yeah. Um, and they've already proven that they could beat Man City this season. Of course, they yeah, did yeah, it yeah. at the Etihad. <laughs> so, again, I've, I've said before that Brentford's style of play doesn't suit City very well. They're very good defensively, and they have a really strong counterattack. Usually uh-huh. that was spearheaded by the combination of Mbumo and Tony. Uh-huh. Now it's Wisa and Mbumo. Not quite as effective, but still good at holding the ball up and you know just making those little yeah. runs in behind. So who knows? I think this could be, uh, this could be a close game. Um, yeah, uh, this one is one to keep an eye on. This could be a tight one. I it's think. you have to keep an eye on it mm-hmm. if the other results yeah. are are going mm. astray. And I I do believe that I don't believe in Spurs, but I certainly <laughs> believe in Villa's ability to get it done at home against Brighton. So I don't think this one will matter, but it's certainly good. Yeah. Um, moving on to Chelsea Newcastle, a game that was going to be at, look to be one of the you know prime games for Championship Sunday. Now, neither playing for much. Uh, Chelsea playing to not drop into 13th. Um, and Newcastle playing to not get injured, I guess. Uh, they are one of the teams that don't really have anything to play for. They could drop into 4th, I believe, but that wouldn't really affect their season. 3rd yeah. versus 4th, I guess, is like, you know, that's it, it, to come in 3rd in the Premier League would be mm-hmm. one hell of a season. 4th. Yeah the same mm-hmm. but you know maybe it's like i'm sure there's a monetary difference in like uh, uh yeah and like for a team that just money. got taken over by saudis i'm sure minuscule exactly. in the grand scheme of things <laughs> so not especially after their big celebration um what's it called uh today right against uh lester yeah um, they got the draw which uh clinched for them so they'll probably be a little bit hungover um so again not like you know something crazy to play for but Places in the table, something like that. So you'll you'll see probably a solid Newcastle team. I don't know who they're necessarily going to drop. Maybe Wilson over Isaac, something like that. Mm-hmm. They played both of them today, though. Yeah, oh, so, which is which is nice to see. Uh, moving on to well, I guess we can go through Chelsea's uh, ramifications. I think we said it all with the Wolves game. Let's uh, go through them. There are none. there are. None. <laughs> uh, are they going to be heavily, heavily embarrassed or just unbelievably, unbearably embarrassed come the end of the season? That's the difference. Um, it's 12th to 13th for Chelsea or 11th if they fall to win. Yeah. So they, 
they're actually of the like table fluctuations based on the outcome of their game. They're probably up there with like the most, the like the the most ramifications, win, lose, or draw. But mm-hmm. obviously, none of the places will get them any European football, and to them, that's all they really care about. So yeah. Moving on to Crystal Palace hosting Nottingham Forest. Crystal Palace are exactly where we all thought they would be come the end of the season. Dead smack in the middle in 11th. They can't catch Fulham in 10th, but they could get caught by Chelsea, who have not one but two games left. So they could easily drop down to 12th. Um, They could drop down to 13th, given a pretty staggering Wolves win. Probably 10 to nothing uh, at the Emirates, which right now against a very demoralized Arsenal, um, the odds are never zero. (laughs) But it's unlikely they're going to drop to 13th, so it's either going to be 11th or 12th for Crystal Palace. And for Nottingham Forest, they clinched survival after beating uh, Arsenal at home last week. They can drop no lower than 16th where they are right now. They can hop up to 15th with a win and a Bournemouth loss. So, in terms of serious ramifications for either team, there are none. Mm. Just places in the table. Um, anything to say about this one? Yeah, I just want to talk about Crystal Palace for a second because, again, <laughs> we always talk about how just like hilarious, hilariously like mid they are. Yeah. I just want to just think about like what Palace have gone through this season. They didn't win a game for like three months of this calendar year under Vieira, then they have a just complete and other turnaround yeah. under Roy Hodgson. Their season does like a complete 180. These results have just improved drastically. And they, and after all of that, they moved from 12th to 11th. <laughs> it meant nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I mean, like, yeah. no matter what, like, death taxes and <laughs> Palace finishing, like, 12th or like 11th. <laughs> 10th it's crazy. through 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, basically like 10th through 13th. They would empty all the champagne bottles everywhere <laughs> if they got up to ninth one season. Yeah. Just one season. <laughs> A top half they finish. <laughs> they can't do it. It is impossible. But if they fall below 14th, it's crisis mode. Yeah. <laughs> so they certainly have their priorities in order. Um, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy every year with. Crystal Palace, and we'll dive into the banter a little bit more once we get to our end of season review. But for now, it's just mid Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest that is lucky to survive. Manchester United hosting Fulham. In terms of the ramifications for this game, Manchester United, it, for Manchester United, it heavily depends on what they do at the midweek. Mm-hmm. If they get their point against Chelsea or three, they will have secured top four and be playing for basically nothing. Um, again, third and fourth with Newcastle might be on the line, given yeah. the, uh, what they do at the midweek. Um, as for Fulham, they can't move up or down. They have Bradford ahead of them on 56 and Crystal Palace behind them on 44. They are playing for nothing. Win, lose, or draw, they will remain in 10th. A very good season for Fulham, but we could expect to see a little bit of rotation. Um, they're not playing at home, so they really don't have that obligation to mm-hmm. kind of show their first team for their fans. You know, yeah, uh, the you know 
ticket paying fans, their uh, season ticket holders don't they don't really have to play their first team to mm-hmm. to, to appease them. So we could be seeing a little bit of rotation out of Fulham. Have should United not get their point at the midweek, somehow losing to Chelsea at home, they will certainly have a decently easy fixture again at home against Fulham on the final day. Um, again. The, the ramifications for this game heavily dependent on what happens in the midweek, and we don't expect United to be dropping all three at the midweek, so in all likelihood, this game doesn't really mean much. Yeah. Moving on to Southampton versus Liverpool. Southampton not playing for anything. They are guaranteed to come dead last, sitting seven points behind Leeds United in 19th. And Liverpool are likely playing for nothing if United get their point against Chelsea. If they don't get their point against Chelsea, they are likely going to play their first team, get their win in the hopes that United can then lose again at home to Fulham. Both of the parlay of those events is unbelievably unlikely. Mm-hmm. So likely this game means nothing as well. Uh, Liverpool in danger of dropping into six, but certainly not in danger of dropping out of Europa League football. So Likely, this game does not have many ramifications to it. However, for a Southampton team that is going to go down and is not going to have Premier League football, uh, it's. I feel like this Southampton atmosphere is going to be relatively positive. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, not super positive because they're they remain stay in the league and yeah. uh, their fans are probably heavily disappointed that they didn't make the signings or the managerial changes early enough to keep them up. But, you know, if you're a Southampton fan, you're probably going to want to get a ticket to this last Premier League game uh, for at least a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, it's probably, yeah, settled in the minds of all Southampton fans that, you know, this is their fate. They're going down. So, yeah, they want to enjoy it while, while they're here. Moving on to two of the games that are, or the last three games of the match week are... Very, very involved in the uh, relegation battle. Starting off with Everton versus Bournemouth. Everton sitting in 17th cannot move up to 16th. They can only move down. They are sitting two points above Leicester City and two points above Leeds United. They have goal difference on Leeds United. They do not have goal difference on Leicester City. That is unlikely to change. Um... I shouldn't say completely unlikely, but it's unlikely to matter yeah. because um, it's I Leeds United would need to win by three goals and Everton would need to tie, uh, and that would put them even, and then Leeds United would advance on goals four. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would a three nothing, a three nothing four one Leeds win. And we'll, we'll get to the Leeds game in a second, but uh, Everton draw one one with Bournemouth. Leeds United win four one. That means Everton would go down. So. Uh, they kind of have that, uh, I guess, they would need Leeds to win by less than two goals if Everton were to get a point. But mm-hmm. if Everton get a point, it gets them safe from Leeds, but it does not get them safe from Leicester. If Everton draw, they need Leicester to either draw or lose. Um, but if Everton draw, it gets them safe from Leeds. So, if Everton need to avoid, Everton need to avoid, um... Leicester and Leeds, a draw gets them free of Leeds, but not free of Leicester. So they essentially need to win to seal their fate. Um, Bournemouth, on the other hand, having secured Premier League survival, can hop up to theoretically 13th 
with the series a parlay of of results um they could slip down to 16th should Nottingham Forest win and they lose uh to Everton however safety is all they cared about from day one yeah they secured safety champagne is being popped win lose or draw so the ramifications for this game especially at uh Goodison Park a Goodison Park that is going to be one of the atmospheres of the season uh for any Premier League club is only on Everton they need to get the three points and I'm sure they will control the energy of the game from the opening whistle. Moving on to Leeds versus Tottenham. Leeds hosting Tottenham. Very important. Uh, Tottenham having something to play for, unfortunately, mm. for Leeds. Tottenham can clinch a place in the Europa, League, Europa Conference League if they better Aston Villa's result. So they will need to get three points um, to secure them a chance to even move mm. into Europa Conference League. So Tottenham will be playing their first 11, unfortunately, for Leeds. Um, Leeds, obviously, will be playing their first 11 as well. They are going to need a win, and like I said, um, a win by multiple goals would give them just that extra chance. They, it would, they would clear that one result from Everton. Uh, they would also need Leicester to not win because Leicester have goal differential on them. Yeah. So they need to better Leicester, better Leicester's result and better, I guess, if they win and Leicester don't win, they essentially, assuming they don't win by three goals, um, they would need Everton to lose. Yeah. So Everton loss, Leicester draw or loss, and Leeds win is the only way Leeds earn survival playing against a full-strength full Tottenham team that it needs, is going to need three points to have a chance at any Conference League football next year. It's a tough spot for Leeds. Yeah, yeah. This is... Leeds have by far the most difficult battle to stay um, in the Prem. Against... Listen, this Tottenham team, their results have been completely unpredictable. Yeah. But nonetheless, out of their fellow relegation strugglers, Everton versus Bournemouth, Leicester against West Ham... They by far have the most difficult matchup here. And like you already mentioned, Tottenham are playing for something in this game. So yeah, it's not looking good for Leeds. And if you just look at Leeds' form, well, obviously all these relegation teams have been on poor form. But if you look at the ways they've dropped points and lost games mm -hmm. over the past couple of months, they've had these big chances that you know Patrick Bamford has missed. He's been on mm -hmm. poor form. Um, so just in front of goal, they haven't had the composure. And they've taken the lead in so many of these games. Just last week against West Ham, they took the lead and ended up losing 3-1. They took the lead against Newcastle. Now, Newcastle's a very you know, tough team to beat, but they did take the lead in that game. And then, you know, Bamford missed a penalty in that game too, and they yeah. ended up drawing 2-2. So, they just, Leeds have shown that they just haven't had the bottle in mm -hmm. the key moments this season. So, I'm just not very confident that they're going to have it in the most crucial game of their season. Yeah. Uh, this would be something that, I mean, a two, one, it would be like a two, one win. Uh, Leicester versus West Ham. Leicester would have to choke. Honestly, West Ham are really not playing for much here. I mean, we'll get the Leicester game in a second, but, um, and then Everton, they need Everton to lose essentially. And Bournemouth, playing for essentially nothing off the, you know, hangover of the elation of uh, securing survival. Um, 
probably going to rotate players. No reason to play their first team. Um, going into Goodison Park that has 11 players that are going to be backed by a very energetic fan base at one of the toughest places to play in the Premier League. If Bournemouth go there and take three points on the final day, Everton straight up deserve to go down. Um, and I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. So I think that Leeds are kind of doomed here um, playing against a Tottenham team that is playing for something. Uh, that being said, this is maybe the best time to be playing Tottenham Hotspur in the entire season. Yeah. They are completely demoralized. They have been they they've been playing the last five weeks needing to play for three points to secure themselves Europe uh, European football and straight up have shit the bed all like all yeah so they've been they've been trying it's not like they're, they're like all of a sudden they've slipped they've lost three of the last five games like it's not like all of a sudden they just like slipped and they're like oops now we have to try they have been trying and they've been failing against like you know. All kinds of different sides. So if there's ever time to play them away from home or at home for Leeds, uh, Tottenham away from home, it's now. You know, you're not going to get a Tottenham team that's going to be reinvigorated. This is this is the reinvigorated team, and they're still playing like shit. So yeah. this is not insurmountable. It's not. This is not inconceivable that Leeds go and win this game. I think it is inconceivable that they go ahead and win the game. And they get help from everybody else because not only do, do they need Everton to lose, but they need Lesser to draw or lose. And I think that at least one of those things is going to happen. Maybe if Everton draw or uh, or lose somehow, Lesser get the win. Lesser draw, Everton probably get their draw. So I think Leeds could very well get this win at home. I think it's going to be their help that they're not going to get, yeah. um, if you're asking me. But we get into this last game, Leicester versus West Ham at the King Power. Leicester, a team that many predicted, many sitting at this table predicted to be have very safe in this division. Um, hey, both of us, not just you, <laughs> both of us. Uh, to be comfortably safe in this division, now needing help to escape from the drop zone on the final day. Uh, they host West Ham at home. Take a little look at West Ham. West Ham currently sit in 14th. They can potentially move up to, I guess, 12th. If they, uh, they can take Chelsea's spot in 12th. If they win and Chelsea lose both their games, um, they could move down to technically 16th where Nottingham Forest is sitting. If Forest win by a lot of goals, specifically 18 of them <laughs> um so it's likely they they go down a spot up a spot but again survival over the last 10 weeks survival has been their main goal and that's yeah. what they got so they're not getting a crazy energized west ham team from the start um so you could see some squad rotation as for leicester they are going to be going all out at home they need three points as i said before they need Everton to uh, drop points as they have goal differential on Everton. So a draw would get uh, a Leicester win and an Everton draw. They don't need to worry about Leeds because they have goal differential. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, they do have their destiny in their own hands over Leeds because a win would secure them. Yeah, they need uh, a win no matter yeah, what. The win no matter what. Um, if Everton even draw, they would then hop Everton with a win. Um, on They would advance on goal differential. So. Leicester, it's a little bit clearer. They don't need a ton of help, 
but they do need Everton to drop points against Bournemouth. What I do like for a spec from a spectator's point of view is that Everton leads and Leicester are all playing at home. So all these atmospheres are going to be crazy. It's not going to be like, you know, Leeds going to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where it's going to be, you know, a kind of a dead atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it's going, all three of these atmospheres are going to be lively and, you know, backing their teams from start to finish. The, I, I, don't, I don't give a shit about the Arsenal game. I'm going to be yeah. watching these games. <laughs> uh, these are the ones I'm going to have on my laptop. Um, they're not going to be the most pretty games of football, uh, especially an Everton team that uh, is going to be playing more defensive because, uh, you know, a, a draw gets them a, a better chance at survival. Obviously, mm-hmm. they need Leicester. They're, they're probably scoreboard watching, honestly, on their sideline because if Leicester, if Leicester go, um, you know, a goal down against West Ham, they'll probably sit back a little bit more because they don't need that win. But if Leicester go go a goal up, they'll probably change their tactics a little bit. So there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. Um, maybe not from the Leicester uh, bench because they're in win no matter what mode, but certainly yeah. from the Everton perspective. But all these teams are going to be playing at home, and I think it's going to be three very fantastic games. <sighs> I think it's time to get into some predictions. So the way we're going to do our match predictions this week is we're going to do um we're gonna style it like a competition we did for the fifa world cup Mm -hmm. through the fifa.com website match predictor so the way that works is you put in a score prediction for every game and you get a point if you guess the winner uh win lose or draw like if we're doing the leicester game if and i say leicester are gonna win 2-1 if leicester win 3-1 i would get a point yeah um i would get an extra point if i guess how many goals each team scores so if I said 2-1 and ends 3-1, uh, I would get a point for the win and a point for guessing how many goals West Ham got. Um, if you get it dead on, you get a point for the win and a point each for getting how many goals each team got right. Um, and at the end, you do a uh, kind of like a captain or like a multiplier. Mm-hmm. So you pick one game that you're most confident about and it doubles those points. Yeah. So. Do you have your 10 match predictions for us? I do. All right. Take it from the top. All right. So, Arsenal versus Wolves. Um, Arsenal always kind of, whenever they're playing at home on the final day for nothing, which I feel like happens a lot. I can't remember the last time Arsenal were playing for something on the final day, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I and think it was the Leicester season when they jumped up at the second and Tottenham came third in the two-horse race. That was yeah. the last time they were genuinely playing for something, but that wasn't even something. It wasn't even something. It was exactly. playing for a second. <laughs> like, not really. So, yeah, they always seem to do, like, pretty well in these, like, home games against, like, yeah. relative, like, bottom feeders. So, I'm going to say 4-1 versus Wolves. I think sure. they'll bounce back in this meaningless game. Um, Villa-Brighton, I do think it's going to be a very good game. Should have goals in it. Um, I'm going to trust uh, Villa here. So, I'm going to say... Um, Three, two, two, them. Then for Brentford City, I do like Brentford to be competitive in this one, mm. but it's Man City. Play their B team, C team, D team. It's yeah. still such a quality side. Um, two, one to City. 
then Chelsea Newcastle um Chelsea never seemed to disappoint with just how apathetic <laughs> they are um this Newcastle attack has just really found their form uh yeah. you know in the past couple months of the season even though they couldn't get one by Leicester that was just I that was kind of an anomaly um if you haven't seen the Bruno uh Gimarash miss um from literally on the line um <laughs> he like he was literally like right next to the post and he just like headed it like straight into the post from like on the <laughs> line uh it's hilarious but yeah um I don't know how they didn't score in that game they'll find some more goals in this one I'm gonna say 2-0 to Newcastle in this one. Then we have Palace versus Nottingham Forest. I can't imagine I'm gonna watch one minute of that <laughs> game if I'm being completely honest. Um and I think it's gonna live up to the billing. I'm gonna say 1-1 in that one. Then United versus Fulham. United have been very good at home this season. They'll probably have Rashford back for that one too, although they may Actually, I shouldn't say that because even if Rashford is healthy, I think they'll probably just rest him for the FA Cup final. Hmm. Um, Either way, I do think that they'll get a result versus Fulham. I'm going to say 2-0 United in that one. Then we have Southampton versus Liverpool. Um, Both these teams probably going to be playing for nothing, like Hmm. we mentioned. Very unlikely that Man United lose to Chelsea at home. So, I'm probably just going to say that Liverpool are going to take this one. I'm sure Southampton will want to get a result in their last ever mm-hmm. Premier League game, but Liverpool are just a far better side, and I'm sure we'll see an interesting lineup from them as they have a lot of departing players. Mm-hmm. Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, Naby Keita, Firmino, yeah. Oxlade-Chamberlain. So, I'm going to say 3-0 to Liverpool. Then we have... The actual games that war will matter no matter what. So Everton versus Bournemouth. Um, I predicted last week that um Leicester were gonna stay up, and I'm gonna stick with that um prediction. Um, although I do think Everton at home are not gonna lose to Bournemouth. Um, I don't think they're gonna get the win. So I'm gonna say one one, and this one Bournemouth have been really good down the stretch and Everton despite the fact that they are at home and Goodison will undoubtedly have a fantastic atmosphere I think that they're just not gonna be able to get the three points in the end and then we move on to Leeds Tottenham like I mentioned earlier I do not trust Leeds in this game the last month or so of the season has really shown that they just don't quite get it done when it counts they don't have uh, you know, the potency in the final third or, you know, the composure and their defensive third to just hold on to points. And I think it's going to be the same here. I think Tottenham are going to win this 1-3-1. <laughs> then we have Leicester versus West Ham. And obviously I'm predicting Leicester to stay up, so I am predicting Leicester to win this one. I think they... um showed a lot in this uh, game versus Newcastle to go to St. James's Park and get a clean sheet. Yeah. In part by a bit of luck, but also a lot of, you know, just rigid, really tough defending. Um, Very, very interesting. Um, I shouldn't say interesting. I should say 
ballsy, somewhat <laughs> stupid tactic from um, Dean Smith to sit both Harvey Barnes and James Madison going into this one. But hey, it almost worked in his favor because they somehow held on for the 70 minutes until yeah. they came on. And once they came on, they were playing against a tired Newcastle team that had just been putting on nonstop pressure. Uh-huh. And that kind of helped relieve the pressure. They had a bit of a late surge. They even almost scored. It took a very nice save from Nick Pope off a of Castagna volley to keep the game at nil-nil. But Leicester did show a lot of fight, and I think they're going to definitely show it at home against West Ham. Now, West Ham aren't playing for much, and surely they're going to have one eye on the Conference League final, so they're going to very much take it easy. However, that does not mean I think this is going to be an easy game whatsoever. West Ham have been on very good form as of late. Of course, this run to the Conference League has given them, or Conference League final has given them a lot of momentum, Uh gotten a lot of good results over the past month. So this is not going to be an easy game for Leicester, but I do think that they are going to pull out uh, rare, strong performance this season. I think they're going to escape relegation. 2-1 Leicester. That means Everton and Leeds go down. Yeah. I don't, wa- don't want to see Everton go down. I really don't. No, I don't want to see Leicester not. go down either. But uh, someone's got to go. And I yeah. think it's going to be Everton. All right. Everton and Leeds go down in... 18th and 19th. Also, I'm going to place my multiplier on Arsenal. Sure. Arsenal 4-1 Wolves. Odegaard when it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's just goals in it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start off with the a similar result. I'm going to go 2 nothing Arsenal. Uh, I They just haven't been playing that well, so I don't think they're going to surge for four, but I think they'll put together enough of a performance to win against Wolves at home. The Arsenal faithful disappointed after blowing the league, but are going to give them, you know, a lot of energy on the final day for this season. They had all these fans are the diehard fans that, you know, <laughs> bought these tickets for three grand, mm. uh, you know, three months ago. So there's good. It's going to be a very, very wholesome atmosphere at the Emirates. Um, so I think it's, it's not going to be, you know, testy or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, two, nothing Arsenal. And then Villa Brighton, I think Villa are going to win. I don't think there's going to be quite as many goals as you think. I'm going to say one, nothing Villa. I think they're going to get their early goal and kind of just sit back knowing that they just need the three points. They don't need anything flashy. Uh, Brighton are going to pour on some pressure, but they're not going to get the ball for the line. And Villa are going to take three and slip into conference league for next season. Uh, Brentford won City 3. Uh, Julian Alvarez, Brace, at the minimum, I think. Uh, we're not going to see Holland. We're not going to see De Bruyne. We're not going to see uh, Ederson. We'll see Ortega. We'll see Stones. We'll see Kanji. We'll see Ake, all these guys. Um, they have too much to play for to be risking their players in games like this. Um I don't know what they're going to do at the midweek uh, in terms of playing guys, resting guys, but I think it'll be similar to what they do in the midweek. 3-1 City, nonetheless. So Chelsea-Newcastle, I'm going to go Chelsea 1-Newcastle 1. I think that Chelsea... uh, Newcastle, I just don't think, are going to have it on the final day. I just think like that their time for playing for something has been expended. And Chelsea are going to get... Like a fucking, I don't know, fucking Mason Mount goodbye goal. And then 
Newcastle are going to get a Trippier free kick, and that'll be that. Um, I think this is going to be an ugly-ass football match. Uh, contrary to what we might have thought a while back looking ahead to this fixture, I think it's going to be a very ugly football match. Again, I'm probably not going to watch any of it um, with what else we got going on on the final day. But uh, I'm going to go against the, the common pick, and I'm going to go Chelsea 1, Newcastle 1. Um. <clears throat> Then for Palace Forest, I am going to go Palace two Forest nil. This game could be any score to any team. I I like I I have no backing for this specific pick. Just that Palace are home. That's yeah. it. That's all. Like I did not think about this pick whatsoever. I thought about it for four seconds. Man United two Fulham nil. Uh, same prediction as you. I think that at home they're not going to give up a goal and they're just going to get like a fucking Anthony goal and a Garnacho in 91st minute and that'll be that Southampton nil Liverpool one I think Liverpool if they were playing for more would probably put on a couple more goals with the firepower that they're going to have on the field but like you said a lot of swan songs for these guys so they're going to get the uh Naby Keita's in the game I don't even know if Oxford Chamberlain's healthy but if he's healthy he'll probably play yeah um and then Firmino is you know, a thousand, one to a thousand to score in this game. He's definitely scoring. So that'll be that goal. Um, and they'll get three points, even though it probably won't mean much if United get do their job at the midweek. <clears throat> now it gets to the important games. I'm going to go Everton 2, Bournemouth 2. I think this is going to be a box office fixture. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-1 Bournemouth. And then Everton are going to score a late goal, but it's going to be too little too late. Uh, they're going to be scoreboard watching. See that Leicester, as, as I'm going to get to, are going to be winning and are going to need that late goal. Could it get even more box office and go 3-2 Everton with a late winner? That would be one of the Premier League moments <laughs> of the last couple of years. If yeah. an Everton would make that escape or that survival, secure their survival in the last minute and send... Lester down, especially for a team like Everton at home, that would be spectacular. However, I don't think it's going to play out like that. And they're going to get a draw against Bournemouth, even though Bournemouth are not playing for much. Leeds 2, Spurs 3. I think Leeds got one more box office game in them before they go down uh, to the championship. Uh, this game is going to be... 1-0 Spurs, 2-1 Leeds, 3-2 Spurs. It's going to be one of those like leeds with games that they just go back and forth and back and forth. Spurs got unlimited amount of goals to concede in this game. They could concede four. Uh, but Leeds could concede five. Like, this might be 5-4, 6-5. Like, I don't know. This could get crazy. Um, especially Leeds pushing to get that win and being exposed at the back against a Spurs team that is not going to win on possession because Leeds are going to bring the energy. Yeah. Spurs are not going to win on possession. They're going to break on the counterattack. Spurs could score nine goals in this game, but they could also concede eight. So this, this, this could be one of the craziest fixtures of the season. And I'm not even talking about like the surrounding atmosphere. The surrounding atmosphere can make this result even more crazy. Uh, but I think the 90 minutes itself are going to be pretty crazy. I'm going to say Spurs 3, Leeds 2, Leeds go down. As for Leicester-West Ham, I think it's going to be Leicester 1, West Ham 0. I think it's going to be a one-goal decider. 
when that goal is going to come, I, I'm not sure because it, if you think about what if when they were to score this goal, I think if they leave it too late, they're going to be pushing a little bit too hard and they're going to be exposed to the back and West Ham might score. But if they score too early, I think they're going to be packing it in just a little bit too much and invite too much pressure from a West Ham team that probably wouldn't be opposed to soaking up pressure. But if you gave it to them, could easily find one, you know, Lanzini screamer or something like that, who I'm sure is going to get some playing time. Um, so I think it's going to come right in the middle, 54th, something like that, right, maybe right before halftime, but some, somewhere in the middle so that they don't have too much time to sit back and, and pray that they hang on and survive. But also, you know, it doesn't leave it too late so that they're getting desperate and leaving themselves up into the back because I think they can very much concede. Uh, so I think it's going to come somewhere in the middle, but they will get the job done, get their win. Everton will unfortunately draw points at home to Bournemouth. They will go down unless their will escape uh, in 17th. I agree with you. Um, it'll be Leeds and Everton, unfortunately. And the Premier League will be worse off for it, not having Everton in the Premier League. I'm sure we'll have them back soon enough. But we said that about Sunderland, you know, yeah. and they <laughs> Sunderland have a very similar following, passionate following. Um, very similar backstory. Premier League mainstays for a very long time. Like I'm not to scare Everton fans, but yeah. it looks a. I'm sure we'll see them because they do have the money to come back. Um, but it might curb their new stadium plans if they end up going down because yeah. they have plans for. I don't even know what stage they're at. If it's finalized, mm. if ground's been broken, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, that those contracts are mm. drastically different yeah. uh, in TV contracts between the two leagues, and I don't know if they'll be able to finance a new stadium if they go down. Yeah. So, and obviously, those Everton just adds more drama to the Premier League. They're a team that you love to have in the Premier League, and hopefully, we'll have them back soon enough. But the Premier League next year will be a worse place without them. Um, not for Arsenal. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in Luton Town. So, uh, yeah, but. Kenilworth Road awaits. <laughs> um, so that will be that for the Match Week 38 predictions. Um, we have one more Gold Picks episode for you guys. Um, Ethan, do you want to hit us with the update first? I guess I should, should I explain the Gold Picks? Yeah. All right, so the Gold Picks competition is another season-long competition between me and Ethan. Before the match week, we look ahead at the upcoming match weeks, and we try to pick three players that we think are going to score a goal in the upcoming match week. The only catch is that the other player can block three players. So if I pick a player and Ethan blocks him, I don't get that player, and Ethan gets to choose that player for me instead of the player that I originally wanted. Ethan, do you want to hit us with the update? Yes, I do. So last week, thanks to four goals from Taiwo Owonyi, Braden really closed the gap. You did nothing, okay? <laughs> I gave you Taiwo Owonyi. <laughs> Braden closed the gap to three goals heading into the final two game weeks. And it was crucial that he made the right picks, which he did not this week. He got zero goals out of uh, Gabriel Jesus, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Darwin Darwin Nunez. And I got two goals, both courtesy of Alexander Mitrovic, none from Anthony or uh, Mikel Antonio. So that widened the gap to five goals 
Uh, I'm now on 33. Brayden is on 28. But Brayden has a bit of a lifeline because we're going from three goal picks this week to five. So Brayden will have two more chances to make uh, an all-time uh, yeah. comeback on the final day. If it was ever going to happen, it's going to happen like this. You know, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Anything is possible. All right. Taiwo will need five goals. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ethan, how about you hit us with your five picks for this week? Also, there are five blocks from the other yes. two. Even it out. I will have five blocks. Ethan will have five picks and vice versa. All right. So starting off, we are going to go with Callum Wilson. Uh, Stryker's been on great form. Not, not a safe pick by any means. Uh, you know, he's not flying under the radar anymore, but just a player I want to have. Next one, I'm going with John McGinn. I'm predicting a lot of goals. At, uh, <laughs> I have a feeling you didn't pick that one. <laughs> John McGinn? Yeah, the box-to-box eight for Villa? Yeah, you can have him, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got one. All right. That was, the, that was the one I was... This was the banker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm predicting a lot of goals at Villa Park uh, this coming weekend. And Ollie Watkins seems a bit too obvious of a pick. So, hey, you know, I'm going to go with a bit of a curveball here. And I'm going to be laughing when John McGinn scores a brace. <laughs> so, uh, number three, I have Leandro Trossard. Um, I'm predicting uh, an Arsenal 4 1 win. And I think uh, Trossard will be amongst the goals. Obviously, he'll be starting in place of uh, the injured Gabriel Martinelli. So, uh, he hasn't scored a lot of goals for Arsenal. I think just one mm-hmm. in the league. Um, for the Gunners, but hopefully he'll grab another this weekend. Then at number four, I'm going with James Madison. I'm going all in on Leicester, and hopefully James Madison will grab a goal to help Leicester stay in the Premier League. And at spot number five, probably a pretty risky one, but I'm going with uh, Roberto Firmino and his swan song <laughs> against Southampton sure. this weekend. So... For the first five uh, goal picks in uh, TMW history, <laughs> how many am I going to have? You can have four. You cannot have Callum Wilson. All right. You can All have right. Firmino, though, and that's as good as a goal at uh-huh. this point. Uh, but you can have uh, certainly John McGinn. Um, you can have... Well, can't even remember who else he picked. I was only focused on the Cal Wilson. <laughs> uh, but you can have them all besides Cal Wilson. You can have uh, Shea Adams against Liverpool at all. All right. As for my picks, we'll start off strong. It's Bukayo Saka. Uh, penalty kick taker for Arsenal. Uh, maybe not well. But he is the penalty kick taker for Arsenal. And he is probably going to be looking. He's had some so-so performances recently. Probably looking to finish strong in front of his his home crowd after a very, very strong campaign. Second one, I'm going going with Callum Wilson's counterpart, Alexander Izak. One that, if I were to pick of the five, you would have blocked. It would be this one. Um... Just been very, very strong recently. Hasn't really been in the goals last couple weeks, so I'm thinking maybe he gets back into it this week. He's playing Chelsea, who leaked goals like nobody's business. So I am going to pick Azak to get the one goal that I predict them to have. Third, I'm going with Jamie Vardy. 
And I just think it's going to be poetic when Demi Vardy scores the goal to keep them up. Uh, I I think that of all the guys to do it, it's going to be him. He could very well get the start because they're, they're going to need some leadership um, come match week 38. I don't think it's going to come from Barnes or uh, any of the young guys. I think it's going to come from the veteran, Jamie Vardy. Fourth, I'm going with Hyungman Son against in a game that I think is going to have a lot of goals. I thought Kane was too risky. thought maybe I could slip Son past you. A uh, lot of counterattacks, and Son loves himself a counterattack, so I'm going to go with Youngman's son. And then finally, I'm going to go with Phil Foden, who is likely to get the start with City's B team on Sunday against Brentford. I think they're going to get a couple of goals between Foden and Alvarez, and I think Alvarez might have been a bit too obvious, so I'm going with Phil Foden. What are my chances at this comeback, Ethan? You can have all five. Okay! Yeah. Um... I was playing it safe. I just wanted to make sure you didn't go for any of the big headers. So, uh-huh. Holland, Salah, Kane, Rashford, Watkins. Um, okay. Yeah, a, cu- a couple of those I, I might have gotten if I wanted to be a bit more, you know, mm-hmm. strategic. But I, I figured, I thought you may have thrown in like one or two, uh, you know, Hail Marys yeah. in there. Just because, you know, you had this uh, big deficit. But hey, you can you can have all of them. And yeah, there's some good picks in there. So one goal each. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, good one luck goal to you. Each. And nobody will be happier than me if Jamie Varley scores a hat trick. <laughs> so I was never blocking him. All right, all to play for uh, on Sunday in the goal speak competition. And to round out the podcast, we have the return of speed tears. If you are unfamiliar with the tradition of speed tears on the Two Man Wall podcast, it goes as follows. You're most likely familiar with the tier list format, uh, S being the highest tier, then A, B, C, and then D is as low as we're going. Tiers, you know, it's a common, you know, Gen Z trend in uh, content creation to sort things into tiers, whether it be cereals, dogs, NBA centers, whatever you want to put into tiers. It's a nice controversial way to sort who's good and who's bad. Um, And the concept of speed tiers is to do that in a very rapid format. So not too much time per pick, just bang, bang, thought, give out the whatever it is, and then you sort into a tier, and then you Mm. explain after. So we both have a collection of things to give each other to sort into a tier. Um, would you want to go first? Would you want to sort first or be the master in some ways? I'll sort yours first. All right. So my topic for Ethan, my tier list category (laughs) (laughs) is general soccer skill moves slash instances of flair so they're not Mm -hmm. all dribble moves yeah they're just anything with a little bit of flair to it in our game Mm -hmm. you're gonna rank into tiers yeah i don't know what criteria you're going to use to sort these into tiers but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a gut reaction yeah are you ready i'm ready starting off with the rabona c the ronaldo chop See, the scissor, not the a. scissor kick, like a, a dribbling scissor. A. Quirk turn. 
A. Rainbow. B. Roulette or the Maradona. A. A La Croqueta. S. The Balassi Flick. Oof. S. The Messy Shoulder Drop. S. Burba Spin. B. Travella. B. A Bicycle Kick. A. A Nutmeg. S. A Scorpion Kick. C. And finally, a Flip Flap or an Elastico. A. All right. So, I think you, you went, okay, what was your, walk me through your, like, uh, your general, like, um, <clears throat> like, how, what, what, how would you grade these on? Okay, so, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, aesthetics, like, a scorpion mm. kick, like, while it's very hard to pull off, yeah. I feel like most scorpion kicks, like, aren't very aesthetically, like, pleasing. Yeah, sure. Like, even, like, the Giroux scorpion kick, which is kind of insane, like, <laughs> it just doesn't look, yeah, like, sure, it, okay. it looks kind of, like, awkward, you know? Uh. Um, I also was doing my rating. I I was doing my ratings or rankings, you know, relative to each other. So when I did like Rabona as uh, like C tier, yeah. which seems a little harsh, yeah. I was thinking that there'd be a lot of better ones to come because yeah, sure, I'm kind yeah. of rating ranking them against each other yeah, yeah, in yeah. a way. So so yeah, I had. I'm trying to think what I had S tier. Not Meg. I mean, that's just yeah, that's classic. an S tier. Um, I thought Bicycle Kick might have been an S tier. You know, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah. Nah, may, maybe, maybe, but uh. Yeah, I mean, messy drop of the shoulder. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, messy drop of the shoulder, body faint. I mean, that's pretty much just, you know, what I use. That and La Croqueta are, like, my two go-tos. Um, Blasi Flick, you go to that very often? <laughs> no, but I just, I, I just love that. I mean, that's just sick. <laughs> I, I've yet to pull off a Blasi Flick in a, in a game. I think anyone but, uh, not named Blasi yeah. has to be able to pull it off. But. It's not the Ethan Schwartz of Flick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, Travella, maybe maybe I would have bumped that Rabona. Mm. I don't know. I, but, like, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on these. The scissor, mm. um, I, I don't know if you've seen me mm-hmm. pull out the scissor, but yeah. that's, like, I sometimes I pull out eight or nine scissors yeah. and then just go one way or the other. Like, it just, it mm-hmm. it puts the defender in You're some of the cleanest scissors uh, I've seen. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, I've had to defend against your scissors, <laughs> and, tr- and trust me, they are, they're S tier. Okay. <laughs> Much appreciated. Maybe all next right. one will be skill moves in terms of how good yeah. I am at it. Um, all right. I'm ready to sort. What do you got for me? All right. So for you, I have all-time FIFA cards. Oof. So these are just cards that any OG... These are from FIFA 15 yeah. and on. Um, When we when both of us were really, you know, like... Yeah. Pure, like, ultimate... I mean, I got, I got yeah. 10 plus years of FIFA. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready to, to mm. break it out. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so a lot of these names are just, you know, all, all timers in terms of okay. just like, FIFA, I mean, you, like did OPs. you do like just names? Or oh like no, the card, the card, card yeah. and year. Yeah. Card and year. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. So are you ready? I am ready. All right. Starting off with FIFA 17 rare gold, Jack Butland. A I'm starting off high. <laughs> Foot birthday striker bail from FIFA 19. Mm, see. Rare gold victory barbo FIFA 15. That's there. 
SBC Sean Kleiber, if you don't recognize the name um, from FIFA 21, he's the Holland right back who everybody used with Flashback Robin. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> um, team of the Year, Varane, FIFA 19. B. Rare Gold, Eric Bailly from FIFA 17. F. Rare Gold, Victor Abarbo from FIFA 15. A. Any version of Wissam Ben Yedder from FIFA 20. Ugh, that's polarizing. <laughs> I'm gonna go A. Rare Gold, uh, Emini Gay from FIFA 15. S. Uh, Rare Gold and Golo Kante, FIFA 17. S tier. Any version of Ruth Hollett from any FIFA. <laughs> that's an S tier. <laughs> Flashback, David Louise, FIFA 20. B. Uh, rare gold Eder Militao FIFA 21. D. Team of the season Raja 9 goal in FIFA 17, all 90 plus stats. <laughs> B. Uh, road to the final Ryan Kent FIFA 20. F. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Daniel Sturridge FIFA 15. What's above S? <laughs> What's above S? S plus. FIFA 15 or 16. 16 yeah. <laughs> or honestly 16 16 mm-hmm. was better but s yeah. s plus yeah i thought we'd end off on that one that so one that last that's one, my yeah. favorite fifa card ever <laughs> that one i have scored more goals with that storage card than any card ever and it's not close i had that card from like october to like april like mm-hmm. before team right just before team of the season you could ask all my friends who i tormented with that card and they will like have Eyes wide open, nom flashbacks when I talk about it. Because I I killed people with that card. He did not miss on his left. Mm-hmm. On his right, it <laughs> don't even bother. But on his left, I'm talking... Like, he had 78 long shots. It didn't matter. Just mm-hmm. ripped that shit top corner. Also, another card I'd like to point out that was un- absolutely unbelievable. FIFA 15, Robin Van Persie, was really? unreal on the left foot. Same mm. thing with Sturridge, where I kind of just, like, ripped it with the left every single time. But, yeah, it was, like, 88-rated Manchester United yeah. gold card of uh, Van Persie. I think mm. he had, like, the most shooting in the Premier League. He mm. had, like, 91 shooting or something yeah. like that. Yeah, gross. Gross left foot. Um, but those were the FIFAs, like, FIFA 16, FIFA 17 with long shots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like... Even if you didn't have long shots, you were just ripping long shots from like that 21 to 25 yard range yeah. and it would just go top corner every single time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was those cards that kind of, I think Ed and Jekko I did really well with too on those FIFAs. Um, I don't spend a lot of money on FIFA. Mm. So, like, I got a lot of yardage out of these gold cards like Daniel yeah. Sturridge. So, yeah, I, I think uh, 79 of Bamiang. In, the, in those early FIFA oh, yeah. 15, FIFA 16 mm-hmm. years, I, I got a lot of mileage out of those cards. So, yeah, there's a special place in my heart. The reason I didn't send, like, the nine goal ones that high, obviously mm-hmm. they're better players. But, yeah. like, I'm talking about, like, bang for buck. Mm-hmm. Like, Root Hullet played miles above his stats every single year. Yeah. And still does. Mm-hmm. Um, He has no business being mm-hmm. as good as he is yeah. in FIFA. <laughs> but he is. And he is every single year. And there's a reason why he is a legend on FIFA. Um, well, what were some of the other ones in there? I, I can't even remember. Um, oh, Ryan Kent. Oh my God. Yeah, Ryan Kent. Yeah. Uh, the reason, oh, I'm talking about Ben Yedder. The reason why Ben Yedder was so controversial is because I hated playing against Ben Yedder, mm-hmm. but I used Ben Yedder for the whole year, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, he was one of those gold beasts that I just used 
on my like budget FIFA team for the whole year. If our if your um like uh standard is like the most which are like the most OP cards on this list, I think Ben Yedder tops this list. Because yeah. <laughs> the five the five star week fill in FIFA twenty yeah, was yeah, just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It was I've, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to shout out my favorite uh, FIFA car of all time while we're at it. Um, rare gold FIFA 17, Paolo Dybala. Oh, Dybala, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the whole reason why I have a Dybala shirt in my room. <laughs> so, yeah, love that card. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That, that was a good tier list. I, I wish new FIFA kind of kept up with the old, mm-hmm. you know, FIFA, but it's so, like, uh, promo-based and, yeah. like... It's, yeah. got, it's gotten to... Just like yeah, like you said, just yeah. promo based. Like all like all these iconic cards. And I didn't even put all of them on there. I didn't yeah. even include like Gervinho or Dumbia yeah, from yeah. Dumbia, FIFA yeah. fifteen. But like all these just like iconic like gold cards. Like it's gotten to just like, you know yeah. like insane. Like uh-huh. <laughs> you'd have like eighty four Sandy Cazola and like your like final yeah, like yeah. <laughs> team in May and yeah. like FIFA fifteen. Like <laughs> I think the new chemistry format. This podcast is running really long yeah. talking about FIFA, but like uh, I think the new chemistry format has helped a little bit with the like squad variation because you you can't just like throw two players in there on a strong link mm-hmm. and just link them up. Yeah, you know, kind of like you you can like mix up with the leagues and the mm-hmm. nations and shit like that, which kind of like make more squad variation. But like there's some good things that they are doing with FIFA, but. It really comes down to the gameplay, and the gameplay back in FIFA 15, 16, 17 was just much, yeah. much better than it is today. I could go on for another four podcasts about the <laughs> FIFA 23 gameplay because I've lost controllers mm-hmm. to it. But, um, yeah, it's it, there's nothing like old FIFA. That's what I'll say. And with that, we will round out the podcast for this week. Championship Sunday is on its way. It's been a fantastic season, and I'm sure that the last match week will close that out in spectacular fashion. Certainly a lot to play for for a lot of these teams. So with that, we will say goodbye. Adios. See ya.